Welcome to Spark, Careers in Agribusiness, where we meet the most accomplished leaders in agribusiness today. Learn how each of the women and men featured has built leadership into their life's work and what advice they have for young people just beginning their careers. Your host for Spark is Sarah Stever, President at Paulson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Spark. This is going to be a fascinating episode today because we will be talking to Jessie Craig. She's Senior Marketing Manager at Culver Franchising System. Culver's Restaurant is famous for many things, including butter burgers and, of course, the best frozen custard ever, but also for taking a stand on behalf of our farmers. And if you've listened in on Spark before, you know I'm involved in the National Agri Marketing Association, which is where last September I had a chance to hear Jessie speak out on ag advocacy on behalf of Culver's. So welcome, Jesse, to our show today. Why don't we kick this off with you telling us a little bit about your current role at Culver's and about Culver's and then share what you think is an ideal work day. Sure. Uh, thank you again for, for having me on here. I'm really excited uh, to talk a little bit more about Culver's and on how you know my role gets involved with agriculture. So like you said, I'm a senior marketing manager, but I do wear quite a few hats around here. I'm uh, directly responsible for Culver's digital marketing. So I'm involved in a lot of projects on Culver's website, which involves uh, Culver's.com and uh, the Culver's app. So we have, a, we have an app for that. You can uh, download the Culver's app in the iTunes or Google Play Store and find out uh, where your favorite flavors are at, get directions to your nearest location, and, and stay up to date with all of the uh, news and events we have in the My Culver's portal. I oversee all of that. We also have a large following both on email and text marketing and then on our social media channels. So I work really closely with our social and interactive specialist. She helps on all of the day-to-day on that, but we're really great collaborating as a team to make sure that all of the things that we're doing across all of those digital channels are working cohesively with what we're doing in restaurant as well. So, you know, when we're planning out the different campaigns throughout the year and what are the products that are going to be uh, promoted uh, during a six or 10 week campaign, you know, how does that feature, you know, what's in restaurant on the menu boards to what the uh, messages might be on the table stand inserts to what's going in the DVD loop that the restaurants may be playing to what is the messaging about um, we're sending out on email, what are the coupon offers that are going to be offered on our text uh, messaging platform, and then how does that play into the daily content we're doing on social media. It's a really creative, collaborative environment that we're working in. I'm also uh, really glad to be part of a cross-department team so that you know we get together at least on a campaign-by-campaign basis, and we work with IT to make sure that the things we're promoting in restaurant and uh, coupons and digitally are showing up in the point of sale. So when a guest comes in, you know that that uh, offer or coupon can be redeemed really seamlessly. We're also talking with the supply chain folks. So whatever we're putting on the cover of that uh, FSI or freestanding insert that gets mailed out to millions and millions of homes, that we've uh, you know got in touch with the distribution folks, and they know that you know cheese curds are really going to be hot for the month of October when we celebrate National Cheese Curd Day. It's a fun, fast-paced, uh, exciting environment that we work in, and uh, also love to be involved with some of the products that we get to test and new releases and all of that, I really think, you know, an ideal day for me not only involves, you know, sitting and participating in those meetings with our team and with our agency, uh, but also uh, getting to touch base 
one-on-one with uh, the 650-plus franchise owners uh, that we have. So each one of those restaurants for Culver's are individually owned and operated. And, you know, I have the great pleasure of working directly with some of them on what their local restaurant marketing is going to be, as well as how they can execute on email and text messaging at their local restaurant as well. That's a a whole lot uh, about kind of what I do in a day in the life. Uh, It changes every day with every season, um, and it's, it's, we're working two campaigns out. So, you know, as we're going into winter here, uh, that campaign is already wrapped up and ready to roll, and, and we're working on New Year and Lent for 2018. Wow. Do you ever sleep? That is an astonishing <laughs> amount of stuff to be responsible for. <laughs> Yes. And, you know, even with uh, all of those things that I get to do on a daily basis, you know, on the Culver's business, you know, my reason for being here is uh, working at the support center to support our franchisees. I've also had uh, the immense pleasure of working on the Thank You Farmers Cause Marketing Initiative, which you got to hear me speak about at the NAMA conference uh, earlier uh, this month. It's really exciting to be able to kind of take a step aside from the digital marketing things that I'm so involved with in technology and uh, help Culver's focus on how we give back and connecting restaurants and local FFA chapters uh, to raise funds to promote the future of agriculture education. Well, I think a lot of our audience are FFA kids, so I think it's great that you're reaching out directly, and they're probably even really familiar with that campaign because it's been ongoing, hasn't it? That's not something that's just seasonal. That's an ongoing one. Absolutely. So that's something that runs throughout the year. I actually have a whole separate calendar for all of the the agriculture and Thank You Farmer-related events. You know, it starts really for us in February, kicking off with National FFA Week, and uh, that's this year, that's when we released our National FFA essay contest. And yesterday I was down at the National FFA convention. We were able to do a meet and greet with the three chapters who had winning essay writers. Uh, One of the chapters was from uh, Denver City, Texas, and the advisor has been teaching there for 20 years, and this is the first time he's ever brought a a team of kids uh, to national convention. So that's really inspiring to us to want to continue with all of the things we're doing to uh, benefit FFA and those local chapters individually because, you know, for those uh, six students and members who have never been to convention before, for those two advisors who had never been to a national convention before, I know it's a really inspiring and and hopefully life-changing event for them. So do you know what the attendance was this year? At the uh, first general session, which I was able to attend uh, yesterday afternoon, they had 59,000 registered attendees. And I know throughout the week that continues to grow, um, that they're anticipating 60,000 or more uh, attending that convention in Indianapolis this week. Well, that is nothing short of astonishing, and no. what, a, what a great opportunity for those kids. So let's take a little bit of a look backwards, and um, just to give everybody some perspective on what your life was like and how you ended up where you are, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about your early life and your education and how that kind of prepared you for where you are now? I started um, out uh, going to school in Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin, which is probably known as more of a, a water park capital of the world and a tourist <laughs> destination, but I grew up on a a little hobby farm about 15 miles out of town and um 
you know, that's uh, really where I think I got my start. And I was, you know, one of those farm kids. We had a hobby farm with horses and we had dogs and goats and a few cattle every now and then. Um, so knew what growing up on the farm life was like, but also, um, you know, going to school uh, with kids of all demographics and ages and then seeing the population of our community, you know, really blossom in the summer um, and worked some of those typical tourist type jobs where I say I got my, my start in customer service. Uh, working at Noah's Ark, working downtown at one of the uh, fudge companies, and uh, and really getting to experience what um, you know customer services is all about. So uh, that's definitely you know where I got my start in my career. But I think education has definitely been something um, that's been key for me all along. I, I worked on getting scholarships my senior year and uh, really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do um, after after high school. But uh, went my first two years at UW Baraboo at their uh, UW-Madison Affiliate College and, and got an associate's degree and, and started working more in the IT field. And I was working for the first ever uh, True Value Superstore in America. So it was a 1,000-square-foot retail uh, store, the first one that the True Value chain had ever put up in Little Reedsburg, Wisconsin. And at 20 years of age, I was running their entire – I was their system administrator. So I was responsible for the point of sale and the inventory and the payables and uh, really, you know, had read the manuals and taken them home and ta- taken a vested interest in it. So um, I took ten- kind of a non-traditional approach to getting my bachelor's degree in that uh, after I had transitioned away from, from that position, I started with an engineering and surveying and architecture firm right there in Reedsburg and, and did night school classes. And I had promised my dad that I would uh, fulfill my dream of getting my bachelor's degree and, uh, and before I got married and, and was able to do that. I really really, um, I think, appreciated uh, coming back and uh, going to school. I got my Bachelor's of Business Administration through Cardinal Stretch University um, and, you know, didn't take the typical approach to move away from home and and go to school, but just knew that education was something that absolutely opens doors uh, for people and something that you need to have uh, on your resume. So, you know, took that uh, full, you know, working approach and went, uh, did the night school classes, but I really felt like uh, education both in high school as well as as college, uh, prepared me for where I am now in my career. Talk a little bit about the, because the IT field, to switch from that over to kind of the business administration, it's probably kind of a cool combination of things, but seems a little unusual to transition from that to business. I love technology and I love learning about new programs and just trying things out. So while I was going to uh, UW-Baraboo, I actually tried my hand at a little bit of programming and uh, nothing sophisticated by any means. But, you know, maybe just enough uh, to pique my interest and and want to continue learning in that aspect. And just it seems like in the technology space, sometimes people are always afraid that they're going to break something. And I've never been able, you know, been uh, afraid to break anything. And I think one of the best life uh, advice I got was uh, when I was uh, going to school at UW-Baraboo, I was working for the school district of Baraboo. And uh, the... Uh, the person who was my supervisor there, his best advice to me was do no harm. If you think that you can help a situation, please, you know, go ahead and do it until you think that you might do harm and then, you know, walk away and ask for further expertise. So I've always kind of held that in the back of my mind that as long as I feel confident in my abilities um, and I know I'm not going to break anything, that's just fine. But I'm never afraid uh, to try something or to Google an answer and, and try to figure it out on my own. And, you know, that's been something that's always kind of helped move me forward in the 
business career. And looking for that business administration degree really rounded out all of my business skills. So, you know, I'd worked in the IT field and had that interest in um, technology, but also once I got uh, working at the engineering and architecture firm, uh, was able to experience more of marketing and, you know, understanding all of the, the business practices that go into that with, you know, business development, the RFP process. So, um, you know, being able to answer questions uh, for people who a lot of times when they sit on um, these uh, town and city boards for a municipal-type project um, with the engineering projects we were bidding on, you know, they're laymen, and they don't always understand those engineering and technical terms. So, you know, breaking that down and, and having um, the ability to, to do good writing um, and uh, make something like a wastewater uh, treatment plant something interesting to read about um, was where I <laughs> felt like I really was able to round that out with that degree. Well, you're quite accomplished if you could make that sound interesting. <laughs> Actually, I was, you know, I was thinking about the fact that you started out with this customer service background and then to go into IT because oftentimes those two things aren't necessarily correlated. So it probably was a great background to then pull you in through the engineering and architecture firm. Yeah, I imagine when uh, they do a Briggs-Myers test on me, I will be uh, kind of a juxtaposition of all of those uh, different personality traits. But uh, definitely love uh, the people aspect of things, but uh, love digging in on that technology side as well. And um, some of my uh, favorite coworkers here are in the IT team as we you know, work together on a lot of those digital initiatives like um, mobile banner ads and things like that. That's pretty core to actually making marketing happen these days. Yeah. You've got to have the technology to, to pull it off. So can you, as you're kind of looking back and reflecting on that, can you describe any either pivotal events or decisions that you made that really had a dramatic change in the course of your life? I was actually one day short of uh, 10 years in my career at uh, the engineering and architecture firm. We had saw a lot of changes there. Uh, they were about 50% uh, private projects with private developers for subdivisions and things like that, as well as 50% public with some of the municipal projects that we were working on. And um, in the uh, economic downturn in 2008, you know, we were experiencing four years of salary cuts. We were an employee-owned company. And while I loved all of my coworkers there, I had this opportunity with Culver's uh, that was brought to me. And I'd gone through the interview process, and it was just so hard to leave a place where, you know, I worked uh, five minutes from my house. Um, but uh, making, making that jump to Culver's in 2011 was definitely a pivotal event for me because it not only broadened my horizons um, and uh, allowed me to experience much more in the marketing and technology fields that I work in now. But, um, you know, I never thought I would have the opportunity to work on a cause marketing campaign like the Thank You Farmers campaign. And it's uh, something that has brought my public speaking as well as my uh, networking and interaction with people across uh, many different industries um, to a whole new realm. So I really credit uh, my start at Culver's and, you know, when the uh, opportunity was presented, it was for digital marketing, which I felt like uh, married my backgrounds in IT and business uh, really, really well. Made perfectly for you. Along the way, um, and you're looking back kind of at, as you were developing, was there anybody that kind of stood out to you as someone who either mentored you or really supported you in your life or your career? You know, I don't know that I can point to maybe a single individual in that um, anyone specifically had mentored me. I've had a lot of uh, awesome bosses uh, over my career. I know uh, we recently got a, a brand new uh, VP of marketing here at Culver's, and uh, she comes from more of a food service as 
well as retail background, but uh, she'd also worked in insurance. And it's been a great benefit to, I think, everyone on our team to be able to uh, sit at the table uh, with uh, a powerful and influential woman uh, like that who comes from another industry and um, is leading our team at Culver's. So um, I, I can you know, probably point to little pieces along the way. Definitely think back to that boss that I had at the um, Bearboo School District, you know, who really empowered me to go out and do the best that I could do, but also bosses uh, that I had at that True Value Superstore that saw me taking home manuals and saw me making recommendations as a 20-year-old college student and offered me a full-time position uh, to do system administration for the largest True Value Superstore in America. Um, so just, you know, those people along the way who've really believed in me and, uh, and let me kind of go on with my crazy ideas um, and who weren't afraid to let me fail, I think are really a credit to, to where I am today. Oh, I think that's actually probably a really important piece of it if you find people who, who allow that those little fails along the way so you can pick yourself up and dust yourself off. That makes a big difference. Absolutely. They're, they're always uh, hard learning experiences, but ones that, uh, that you'll never forget. Part of that experience is, le- is learning how to pick yourself back up and, and try it again. Along those lines, what do you think one of your biggest obstacles has been? And can you talk about, Matt, maybe how you may have overcome it? I think with uh, sort of that analytical brain uh, that I have sometimes, I spend a lot of time overanalyzing the different projects that I'm trying to work on or maybe overanalyzing even conversations that I've had with coworkers on trying to navigate uh, some of those, you know, inter-office situations as we have, you know, working with a large cross-department team, working with uh, franchisees who uh, maybe I don't get to see face-to-face because they're out in Utah or down in Texas. And as you're reading an email, you know, trying to interpret interpret some of those things. So I think uh, always um, trying to stay two steps ahead of the game is one of my biggest challenges. I have to really learn uh, to step back and live in the moment and um, continue to question or inquire, um, always uh, trying to, you know, just project kindness in the emails and communications that I'm sending out. And then, uh, you know, when you get responses and uh, trying to understand where people are coming from, uh, but not getting too uh, stuck and overanalyzing and sometimes just picking up the phone and asking someone to clarify something is probably been a big help to me as I've learned to, to overcome that and, and not wanting to uh, shy away from having those tough conversations with people uh, when they need to happen. If you've got a background in IT, picking up the phone is not necessarily the approach that you would always do. <laughs> because there's so many other ways you can communicate that are Exactly. In this day and age of technology, which obviously I'm a big proponent of, uh, there's still something to be said for uh, taking a walk uh, down the stairs or across the office uh, to speak with a coworker, you know, as you're trying to dig in on a, a challenging project or, um, you know, trying to see if you can pick up a phone uh, when you're uh, talking with someone who's maybe many states away to see if you can come to a better understanding verbally uh, than you can uh, through written. That is so true. So have you ever been a mentor for anyone or have you ever been mentored and maybe you can talk a little bit about what you might have learned from that experience sure I've had a great experience uh, over the past few years here at Culver's um, having uh, interns we have a summer intern program and what's really neat about that is because you know Culver's has over 20,000 team members that work for those individually owned and operated franchises so a lot of times the interns that come here to the support center in Prairie to Sac Wisconsin are team members that work in Culver's restaurant 
restaurants. And it's really neat, uh, particularly the intern that I had this summer, her name was Kendall, uh, started at Culver's her very first job, and it's her favorite place to work. Her brother always uh, works there, and we talk about at Culver's how we kind of bleed blue, and Kendall is an amazing example of that. She wants to go into marketing, and she's going to uh, UW lacrosse uh, this year, and we'll finish her, her schooling next year. So it's really neat to have someone come in who's got that background of the restaurant and knows you know, how Culver's operates already, and then get to show them maybe a little bit uh, different side of the business, as well as expose her to you know, different networking events that we go to in Madison. And um, she had never really been exposed too much with the Thank You Farmer program. So she went with me to the Wisconsin State FFA Convention, and she helped hand out uh, free scoops uh, to people who were interacting with us at the booth. And, you know, it's just really great to see those students who identify with Kendall because, you know, she's a young lady uh, not far in age from them, experiencing many of the things that they have. And she could make connections with them as she had uh, been involved with DECA, which is very similar to FFA. And um, it was just really neat to, again, see her expand her horizons um, but be able to uh, take that real-life experience that she's had in the restaurant and apply that to the projects she was working on with me. So getting out of the restaurant and kind of feeling a little bit like I can understand maybe what a career path would be and how networking might be beneficial. Exactly. You know? and it's a good reminder to me as well. So we've got uh, what we call restaurant appreciation a week or month, and I know uh, we've, we've changed that throughout the years here, but everyone who starts working here at the Culver Support Center, even if they have a background in the restaurant industry, they spend a whole week in the restaurant, working in the restaurant. They go through the same kind of training plan that a brand new employee would do. And then they spend a week, you know, learning how everything works in the restaurant from opening to closing to working on the buns or the grill or the cashier position. And I'll tell you, you know, it's very humbling. Uh, Even once a year when I go out to work my four hours in the restaurant uh, to see these younger folks just absolutely running circles around me because I'm not (laughs) as confident in those tasks that they do on a day-to-day basis. And I think it was kind of the opposite there uh, for Kendall is she was able to come in and help us out on things, but we would really rely on her expertise of like, how would this, you know, perform in the restaurant on a daily basis? And thinking about what you experienced there and working with Kendall, maybe you can share some advice for uh, the young women on our podcast about their upcoming careers and their, their education choices. Going back to where I feel that education is absolutely key uh, for opening doors. I've always jumped at the opportunity to go to training classes, earn certifications. You know, I worked really, really hard to go through night school to get my degree. And I just really feel that, you know, there, that's, education is something no one can ever take away from you. And being opening to, to learning new things, even if they're a little bit outside of, you know, where you think your track in life might go. I certainly could have pursued um, an information technology degree and and really uh, kept myself there. But I was glad that I broadened my horizons to business because I felt like it made me a well-rounded person. And being able to go into marketing with a technology focus, you know, was a perfect fit for me. But I think there was a couple of different paths that I could have absolutely gone down there. So that's my biggest piece of advice is whether you take a traditional role in, you know, going through college, you know, in four or five years and getting that degree and pursuing internships and then going out into the working world or, you know, finding another way to make it work, whether it's online or going back to school as an adult, um, you know, having that education is just what I feel to be uh, really crucial for uh, getting that on your resume, um, having that open doors for you, and then going through the process and and wowing them uh, with your smile and your personality uh, when you get into the interview and, and showing them you know what you know but really 
if they need to read that on paper to even get you through the interview process, that's um, something that's really key. So I think that's really reassuring to kids that are in high school because I think for a lot of the ones that I talk to, that next step in education seems so overwhelming. And to hear that you went through a bit of a non-traditional route for it, but just stuck with it and gutted it out and did it alongside your working career, I think is just a great example of how there are a lot of different ways you can get through that next phase. You just have to make sure you get through it. The loans are just, it's incredible. I you know, paid for my first two years at UW-Baraboo completely on scholarships without any debt, and that was a great feeling. And then to go into the working world and start getting that full-time paycheck, I felt like there was no way that I could walk away from that to go back to school full-time. You know, so I did the non-traditional route, which I will admit is really expensive. I'm still paying off those loans today. But I know that I wouldn't be where I am in my career if I hadn't done that. Grateful for those opportunities, grateful for the grants and scholarships that I had that got me started. And, um, you know, always looking for those opportunities, um, I think, is, a, is another great benefit. There are scholarship opportunities that uh, Culver's team members can get because they work at Culver's. They can apply uh, for scholarships. And that's something that Kendall had mentioned. You know, she's been the recipient of a Culver scholarship the last few years, and that's really helped her out. So, you know, looking for those opportunities and knowing that those those loans are definitely intimidating as you're signing on the bottom line, but um, definitely beneficial as you get into the working world. Well, I did not know that about Culver's that they did those scholarships. So I, I feel like the more I learned about Culver's from talking to you, the more I see why people bleed blue. Let's switch gears a little bit. And if you would kind of talk about what you're most concerned about within your sphere of influence. So what you're seeing out there in the industry and, and what really keeps you up at night. Some of the things that definitely keep me up at night as I've gotten more involved in advocating for agriculture is dispelling myths and not having people fear their food. And I think that's one thing that most of the people on my team know that when I get revved up about stuff and I see some of the advertising that's happening out there, um, what, you know, I've heard some in the industry refer to as fear marketing, um, you know, non-GMO labels being placed on products that don't have anything to do with GMOs, uh, not really helping with the education aspect of of consumers that are out there and i think that's that's probably one of what one of my biggest fears on what keeps me up at night is that um, I'm really proud of the, the tactics that Culver's has implemented with showing, you know, a point of gratitude towards all farmers. And, you know, from, from large size operations to uh, smaller uh, farms, we know that they're all family-owned. 97% of the farms across the United States are, are family-owned farms, um, whether they're larger or smaller. And, you know, to be able to educate the general consumer about that in a way that allows us to stay competitive in the the restaurant industry is, you know, something that I'm proud of how Culver's has approached it, but I would love other uh, food companies and restaurants to uh, take that approach as well. That is, I think, a concern of our audience and it's sure a concern of mine too, um, and, a, and a growing one, um, just as we're seeing so many strange things. I just read an article yesterday about meat being grown in a lab and that Cargill is actually putting money behind that. So even some of our biggest people you would think would be advocating for traditional agriculture are actually investing in in alternatives. So 
it's an interesting world we live in, and that misinformation, boy, you're exactly right about that. So frustrating that our consumers are afraid. It's so amazing, you know, that we can live in a place where people have choices. You know, that if they want to purchase all organic or if they want to uh, try to live a diet free of gluten because they feel that that's best for themselves or for their family or if they, you know, truly do uh, have an issue like celiacs uh, where they have to, that they have choices. And I just think, you know, it's amazing to be able to walk into a Starbucks and all of the different types of uh, non-dairy, you know, things that you can get added to your your fancy coffee. It's amazing that we live in a place that, that has those different alternatives. I hope that we continue to to look at technology in, in the agriculture industry as we have in science and technology, how the advancements there are good for everyone and, and they're good for, for farming as well. I truly do believe um, with all of the conversations I've been able to have with friends and family and people affiliated with Culver's as they are entrusted to, uh, to grow the food that we eat, um, that they're stewards of the land and that they're doing the best things that they would do for their family as well. And um, as we go out and we talk about the Thank You Farmer program, we talk with uh, local farmers and ranchers, you know, getting them to uh, be able to, to tell their story because I think the general consumer feels that that is more accurate when they're hearing it right from the mouth of the person who is telling that story. We, I think, are all grateful for the work that you guys are doing and it, it takes work and effort on a lot of fronts. And so, Glad to have you on the team, Jesse, <laughs> to have Culver's behind this effort because it's going to take a lot of us. One question I wanted to ask you was, and you, you're very, very new in your career, so I don't want you to even think about it would be what it would be like at the end of your career. But if I was to ask a, one of your coworkers, you know, what, what do you think about Jesse? What would you hope that those people would say about you? I know for sure that they would say today um, that they know I'm passionate about agriculture, but I think at at the end of my career, uh, once I've kind of stepped away, I hope that they always uh, remember me as being kind. And that's really what I would want my legacy in my career as well as in my personal life uh, to be known for, uh, that I'm a kind and compassionate person and that I try to understand uh, the stories uh, and perspective from from all different sides. That's probably a a good thing to strive for, uh, both in personal and uh, career perspective. I completely agree. That's an awesome thing. My last question for you, I think, although sometimes I come up with extra ones, what is a question that nobody asks you or that you wish I would have asked you and that you have a great answer to? That's a really tough one. I'm a storyteller, and I absolutely love uh, telling stories. I think whether uh, that's personal or professional, I definitely get sidetracked in my my day-to-day, you know, as I'm I'm talking with people and trying to find a a common theme with them and um, having stories, you know, from all of the different experiences uh, that I've gotten. Uh, a question I probably don't get asked uh, very often is is just how I kind of capture all of those things. And I think the best way uh, that I can answer that is just in the experiences that I've had with Culver's and outside of Culver's is to kind of share those stories and make those experiences relatable to people. So that's probably the, the best way I can answer that. Wonderful. Well, I like that. That is my set of questions for you, Jesse. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with our group? I definitely want to, again, thank you for the opportunity. I was uh, really amazed at the outpouring of support that I experienced after the the NAMA conference, Uh, definitely wanting to attend more uh, industry events like that. It's been eye-opening for me, you know, like I said, a, a girl that grew up 
15 miles outside of Wisconsin Dolls uh, to ever think that I would be a keynote speaker at any type of conference, um, let alone you know in front of peers and, and people that I respect uh, very much. So I just am so grateful for the opportunities that I've been afforded and loved your questions about um, you know passing that on to the next generation. And I'm so inspired when I uh, meet uh, young people uh, like the essay writers that we met yesterday at the FFA convention that had won um, prizes and scholarships for uh, their teams to be able to come to national convention and uh, want to pass along my passion for, for advocating for agriculture to them as well because whether or not they go into a production agriculture career or they just become leaders uh, within the career field that they choose, um, wanting them to know that uh, Culver supports them and, and has their backs. That's so true. Those advocates, <laughs> we need them in all branches of agriculture. So for you to plant those little seeds, and I, I would say that you actually have a, a really great gift in storytelling and, and the ability to communicate that. You're just the absolutely perfect person for Culver's to have out there on behalf of our farmers. So if you're spreading that to those that whole group of FFA kids, that's great for our whole industry for the future. Well, you know, as we say at Culver's, I'll say that's uh, that's my pleasure. And again, I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you, Jesse. I really appreciate your time today and sharing that great advice, especially the, the advice about your education and the fact that nobody can take that away from you. That's a, a wonderful way to think about that, the next step in the lives of our young audience. And really, really appreciate your time. That wraps up this episode of Spark, and we thank our audience for listening, and Jesse, thank you for your time. Thanks again. That's Spark for today. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in for the next episode. To learn more about Paulson, please visit paulson.ag. That's P-A-U-L-S-E-N dot A-G.